welcome to Powered, Powered by, by Magic, where we discuss topics surrounding magic and common or not so common questions. Let's take this journey together. I'm Tatiana. And I'm Sylvia. And we're coming to you from Eugene, Oregon. We invite you to conjure up a broom and ride with us. <laughs> All right, we're just having some fun today. We wanted to change things up a little bit. Yeah. I just, every once in a while, just have to talk in a British accent. It's <laughs> probably absolutely terrible, but... We're probably offending people. I, I hate to say that. We're probably offending somebody. Somebody. <laughs> All right. We just wanted to ask if everybody could, or somebody even, could... Someone. Someone. Give us some input. Your opinions, your critiques, your whatever. Just something, say hello. Yes, hello, hello. A jolly good would be great. Hey, yeah, a jolly good would be wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> Anything. We really are beginners at this and we need your support. And we're asking you to throw something out there at us so that we can keep going with oomph and vigor. Yes. All right. How are you doing? How am I doing? I'm doing fantastic today. Oh, good. Other than I have a mild headache, which you've been hearing me ramble on and complain about all morning. True. <laughs> but you didn't have to agree so quickly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing really good. Well, I am excited because I got my booster shot this week. Ooh, I still have to get mine. Yeah, I was very lucky. I did not have any problems with it Ooh. and I put on Facebook I don't know if I put it in the group but I definitely posted on Facebook that I looked like the weirdest probably flapping bird you can think of because <laughs> once I got the shot I immediately started stretching my arm in every position you can stretch your arm in I put arnica cream on there and I kept rubbing it on I'd be like for hours in front of people stretching my arm but hey I didn't have any arm ache, so I don't care. <laughs> I think the next morning I had a little bit of a headache maybe, but that I get headaches all the time. Could have been anything. Yeah. Also, I know that we're pre-recording and by the time we post this, it'll be after Yule, but right now it's before Yule and excited about doing little Christmas projects, DIY Christmas baubles, if you will. Yes. Other than that, We've got, of course, I'm going to warn everybody, I've got a new gate up for my kitty cat to stay with us and not disturb my other kitty cat. You may hear some cat yowling in the background. She is not being tortured, I promise you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. A closed door is torture to a cat. That's true. Good point. <laughs> <laughs> We're laughing quite lovely here. and We wanted to add some hot buttered rum to the mix, but we don't have our ingredients yet. We might do that in the future and you might get to enjoy our silliness. Mm-hmm. Or at least a little bit more silliness than usual. Yes. How about you? How are you doing? It's been a pretty good week. I haven't done much. Just working on my knitting, which I'm almost at six inches. I... Wow, six inches. That is good. <laughs> I understand that. Yeah, well, it's the back and forth, the purl and knit. And so I'm just sitting here going, oh my God, it's so boring. Oh, yes. For but, knitters, we all understand. Yeah, but pretty soon I'll be getting into the decreasing and it'll 
go a little faster and a little easier for me. I'm actually thinking of giving it to my stepmother. Because oh. last time I was up there during Thanksgiving, she commented on the yarn and she liked it. Oh. So I'm like, hmm. What color yarn is it? Is it purple? It's purple. It's a variegated purple. Ooh, pretty. Is it yeah. really soft and fuzzy? Or yes, is it... it's, Ooh, soft. Nice. it's soft. It's not so much fuzzy as it's just soft. Ooh. Can I say ooh one more time? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, keep going. I mean, I've been worrying about my brother. He's has a lease and he's going to end up getting evicted oh yeah i didn't know that i'm sorry yeah but they've got some place to go they've got stuff to do his boyfriend finally has a good job that he's going to be going to that he's had before Oh, okay. so he's finally going to be able to do that i'm happy for them and i'm excited for them i just hope they can find some place to rent after that yeah it's so hard where, if I may, I, you may not want to mention this in the podcast, but where are they at? Like what state or whatever? They're in Colorado. Oh, okay. I don't know what the housing market's like there. I know it's fairly spendy at where they're going to be going because it's close to Denver. Oh, okay. Anyways, other than worrying about him and that stuff, I've been doing pretty good. Been playing lots of games with, with him and his boyfriend, Matt. Cool. Yeah. Well, why don't we get to it and start with, as I think you've told me, the goddess this week. Yes. What did you choose? For today, I picked Frau Hola. She is a Germanic goddess of winter, witches, weather, weaving, spinning, and flax. She's been described as an old woman with long teeth and a flat foot from spinning or a kindly looking woman. Okay, those are two very different descriptions. Kindly looking woman or somebody with really long teeth don't seem to mesh. Am I missing something? No, it just depends on how she decides to show herself. Oh, okay. All right. Duties are a leader of the wild hunt, cause of weather, and watches over children in the midst of winter. For lineage, I actually couldn't find any beginning stories or parents for her, and she has no children of her own that I could find. Interesting. I have two stories. One is fairly short and the other is fairly long. The long one is actually going to be done later in the podcast to kind of break things up. The short one I will read now. One legend has a peasant coming up upon her in a cave enthroned and surrounded by women. The man is captivated and then surprised when she offers him a gift. Modestly, he asks only for the flowers in her hand, which turn out to be flax flowers. She sends him away with flax seeds and instructions for the growing of them. Over time, she teaches the peasant man's wife and how to prepare and spin flax and thus create linen. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting facts. Unnamed or unbaptized children that die go to Frau Holle. The door to her world would be found in springs in the bottom of wells. She would come around on Yule to check and see if people had finished their spinning and were resting. And there could be some dire consequences to that. If they were resting or if, if, they... if they were if they were still spinning. Oh. She would reward industriousness and punish laziness. People who fell asleep during spinning might find their spinning done for them when they awoke. And those that slacked might find their spindles destroyed somehow. 
And then when she made her bed, the down feathers that she shook out of it would become snow and snow down upon the land. Okay, she needs to come visit. I want snow. Have her come my way. <laughs> Frau Holle, come here, come here. Please. Symbols are flax flowers, linen, spindle, thread, knitting, and crochet. Today's superstition is walking under a ladder. Tatiana, take it away. All right. Today, much like with the umbrella superstition, there's just plain common sense involved. Either the ladder may fall on you or you may knock someone off the ladder if you walk under it. That just states the obvious. But let's go back further. Like so many historical items I've been researching, one of the considered origins may be from the Egyptians 5,000 years ago. Here the idea was that you didn't want to see a god going up or down a ladder, which the god might be using. And I'm guessing you weren't supposed to be looking upon gods. Yeah. It may have been that they saw triangles being formed by a ladder, the ground, and the item it was leaning against, and therefore was connected to the pyramids, which were thought to have been powerful forces of nature. Walking under a ladder would mean that you would be breaking the sacred power. Or even still, it might be because they believed the spirits of the dead buried inside the pyramids, of which the ladder was leaning against, would use it to ascend to the heavens. The space between the ladder and the pyramid was considered to have housed good and evil spirits, and if they were disturbed, the spirits would be angered. It was simply just not allowed to walk under a ladder. Very interesting. Yeah. Later, it could be connected to Christian times, where a triangle formed the Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. A ladder against a structure formed a triangle, and walking through it meant you were breaking the Holy Trinity, or that you had sinned against the Holy Trinity, and you would never be forgiven. There is another thought which was, quote, since a ladder was leaned up against the crucifix, it became a symbol of wickedness, betrayal, and death, according to Panati's explanation. Who is Panati? That is a good question, and honestly, I do not know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I literally quoted that, and that's what it had. <laughs> okay. But you will see references down at the bottom, and you will find it. Okay. And then we have the gallows superstition. Ladders were commonly used at the gallows in the medieval era. If you were to walk under one, it foretold your death by hanging. Ooh. Yeah. Or it was thought that the ghosts of the dead were connected to the gallows ladder, and if you were to walk under one, you might become possessed. Ooh. <laughs> That's kind of creepy. I mean, mm -hmm. it's an interesting thought. I think yeah. it's pretty creepy. But, but yeah, it's definitely creepy. Can you undo the bad luck, you might ask? There are a few different ways. I'm just going to cite the easiest ones here. One way is to walk under the ladder while making a wish. Go under the ladder again, walking backwards, and then take a different route, which that just makes sense. Say bread and butter as you walk under the ladder. Okay, makes no sense to me. Don't ask. I have no idea. Couldn't figure it out. Alrighty then. <laughs> Keep your fingers crossed until you see a dog. And again, don't understand. Maybe somebody out there has an idea. I'd love to hear. Yeah. <laughs> if anyone else knows, please <laughs> share. Because sometimes these just are really, really seem, they just seem so random. Mm -hmm. An interesting side note, though, is according to a couple of different sources, back in England during the 1600s, criminals were forced to walk under a ladder before their death. 
Oh, interesting. I really thought that was interesting. And if you consider what they were thinking about the latter's meaning, that really puts a twist on like mm-hmm. what they were wishing for those people. And right? It's like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Let's move on. Let's go into something more exciting. I don't know. Less morbid. Less morbid? Yeah. Let's, let's move on to poppets. <laughs> All right. Poppets are earth magic and north. A poppet, at least in Britain, is either a doll or a young girl. What we're referring to here as a poppet is a doll made of any number of materials, usually fashioned into the likeness of a person, used to cast spells on someone or to help someone in spells. Poppets can be made out of cloth, clay, metal, sticks, grass, and just about anything else you can think of. To tie the magic with the person or object of the spell, you need a tag lock. A tag lock is simply the hair, blood, nail clippings, or piece of paper with the person's name on it that is used to connect the person you're casting on behalf of to the magic. It's something personal to that person that you need. Okay. A history of poppets. Poppets have been used for millennia. First evidence of poppet magic that has been found so far is on a tablet from ancient Mesopotamia. It required a poppet made out of clay, and it was a healing spell for dog bites. One would spread the clay on the bite and say some magic words over it, and then take the clay and make a small figure with it, then leave it out to dry and crumble in the sun. By the time it crumbled, you would be healed of the bite. They were in use in Egypt, too. With the surprise, feeling... surprise, surprise. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> surprise, surprise. They were in use in Egypt, too, with the feeling that both dolls and statues and other images contained a bit of soul. Ramesses III had more than a few enemies, some of which had wax dolls made to, quote-unquote, kill the pharaoh or have other bad things befall him. Other puppets from Greece were colossi. They are... They could be made out of stone, clay, wax, and other things. You know, just get creative. These were often used for curses. The dolls would be named for whom the curse was supposed to work on, then destroyed and taken to a cemetery where spirits could be contacted to do the bidding of the person doing the curse. In Britain, which the Colossoi influenced, dolls were used for both for cursing and hexing. One practice was to make a doll of oneself with whatever injury one had and leave that doll in a place of power. The doll would soak up the atmosphere of the place and its healing power, transferring that healing to the maker of the doll. In the modern day, however, the most well-known poppet is the voodoo doll. Given a bad name by Hollywood, the voodoo doll is actually not as prominent in the religion of voodoo as one has been led to believe. Unfortunately, the whole of voodoo has been badly represented in Western media. One of the things that can be done by those of us not practicing the religion is to call the dolls poppets. I have to say this to all of our listeners out there. If you are hearing or think you're hearing screaming children, it is absolutely true. And we are not (laughs) using poppets on them. They are outside my window playing happily on the playground and they are quite loud again my apologies if you are hearing that in the background i wanted to move on since you have finished with that we're going to move on to not magic but before i do that 
I wanted to put out an addendum to episode number 12, Kitchen Magic. I forgot to add that Kitchen Magic is connected to Water Magic and the West. Ah, uh huh. I totally forgot to put that in. My apologies. This week we're doing Knot Magic, which is connected to Earth Magic and the North. Knot Magic may also be referred to as Cord or String Magic. It seems that it dates back to the Egyptians and the medieval times. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. In knot magic, the number of knots and in some cases integrated items make up a spell. In old folk magic, it was a knotted or braided cord. Sometimes hair was used done with a specific intention to create the spell. One such spell work is called the witch's ladder, also known as rope and feathers or witch's garland. In this case, charms are added to hone in on the intent. While the knots are being tied, one would say their intention with each knot that is done. There seems to be a common thread in the older magic of the latter. They apparently have feathers of a cock, hen, or both, which were used in the making of them. In some accounts, a black hen was used for its feathers, and the feathers had to be plucked one by one and placed one by one. Oof. Yeah, a lot of work. Mm-hmm. From what I've read, there would seem that these witches' ladders were used as negative magic, mostly, towards their intended victim or victims. In older times, the use of the ladder was often used to cast death spells over the intended person. One would create the magical ladder, infuse it with the intention, and then hide it. And I believe they often said it would be hidden under a mattress. Oh. Not exclusively. And that is why the next part, it, to undo the spell, you had to find the cord and then undo each knot. To find out more about the witch's ladder, you can look into the Wellington Witch Ladder or into Charles Godfrey Leland or Sabina Baring Gould. These people are names that I found that seem to be more knowledgeable and have more insight into it than what this small little synopsis was. Let's address modern day Wicca. Sometimes you will hear the term witch's ladder, but more likely you will have heard it as cord or knot magic. A modern witch's ladder is said to consist of 40 knots and 40 beads along with trinkets, feathers, or bones. Each bead added would represent the energy of intent directed into it while the tying of the cord. Later, this can be used as a way to say your intent repetitively, using each bead added as your focus, but not having to have to remember your count as you do it. This can also be done by just tying 40 knots in a rope or braided cord. I have to say that this really reminds me a bit of the nuns and the Catholic rosary beads. Yeah, very. It always makes me kind of think. You hear some of the stuff interesting doesn't that sound a little bit like mm -hmm. I found that I just had to say that here anyway the importance of the number 40 in Christianity seems to refer to an angel number and there's a lot of in-depth information that you can find about that in numerology it incorporates the angelic idea but it breaks it down differently a quick surmise of that is that the number four equals blessings foundation and diligence and that zero equals the infinite wholeness and inclusiveness. Earlier on in Wiccan tradition, the number of knots used were generally what were considered to be magical numbers. Three, nine, and 13 are the ones that had been used. 
Now you might add in seven or five, depending on your intent and the strength of the magic you're doing. I think that today we have more numbers that we consider are magical. I believe that kind of covered the spectrum. Yeah. Today you'll find that knot magic is used for hand fasting, mm-hmm. initiations, and spell casting. It is considered another symbol of a circle which represents infinity. In one reference, I found that cords of a meter in length or nine foot long are commonly what were used. These are to be wrapped around the practitioner's waist as an extra circle of protection, or in some cases, to hold their tools. Mm -hmm. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Again, here, it makes me think of monks. I just I love the idea of protection around your waist and I would never I like I never understood the idea of that I always just thought oh it's a belt mm-hmm. you know like an old-fashioned belt that the monks used or something yeah but this really adds some light to that I think mm-hmm. not magic can be arranged around the timing of the moon cycles if you wanted to invoke something you might tie your cord with nine knots beginning at the waxing moon and then leave it on your altar or someplace where the moon can shine in on it. And then, nine days prior to the full moon, each knot should be undone. On the full moon itself, the final knot is untied, and thus the magic has taken hold. Equally, this can be done when doing releasing magic, from the full moon through to the waning moon. Now to the how-to. Begin by considering what color or colors of cord you want to use. Each color represents an aspect of the spell. Then consider the number of knots you want for your intention. What might the number represent for you? For example, three knots might represent past, present, and future, or body, mind, and spirit. Five knots could represent the five points on the Wiccan star and what their meanings are. Before you begin the magic itself, cleanse the cord by passing it through some incense or sage, envisioning it being clear of any other energies. Then begin the act of doing the knot magic. As you tie the knots, repeat your intention with each one you tie. A simple chant might work nicely as well. Something that I was taught was a similar method to doing the same type of magic, by braiding a cord with each movement you would repeat your intention. In this case, usually you would just use a single word or words like security, abundance, success. So you might just repeat security, security, security. Mm -hmm. It might go a little easier for you if you were like security, next knot, abundance, next knot, success, and then repeat. Okay. You could also combine the two methods. You could braid and say your words and then add a knot saying a chant. What I'm saying is you can get really creative here. Mm -hmm. Let's not forget that we can add beads. That way you can use them for easy counting if you need to do this more than once or over an extended period of time. Here again, the color and type of beads would add to the meaning of your spell. Give it good consideration. Yeah, I can see stone magic being used with this. Absolutely. When you think of knots, you might also consider Celtic knots. These were symbols rather than actual ropes or cords. They were equally powerful and were found carved in or used as gravestones, seen on marking posts, jewelry, some house structures, and ships. I'm sure there's a lot more. Those were just some of the immediate things I could think of or had researched. Mm. There are many different types of knot work to serve different intentions. This is just another example of how knots were used over the ages. Very cool. 
Now we come to the part where I say the second story. Yeah. Let's so. go back to Frau Hulla and hear that second story. Yeah. The Grimm's Fairy Tales has a Cinderella-like story wherein a man has a hard-working daughter and marries a woman who has a lazy daughter. After the man dies, his daughter is made to work and work, often sitting by the well to spin till her fingers get bloody. One day goes to wash off the blood so she continue and loses the reel in the well. She's afraid and she tells her stepmother and the stepmother is so mad that she tells the girl to jump in the well and get the reel. The girl does so and in the process loses consciousness. She wakes up in a beautiful meadow. Walking across it, she comes to an oven filled to the brim with bread, hollering, Take me out! Oh, take me out! I'll burn if you leave me here! So the girl begins to take out piles of bread from the oven. Walking farther, she comes to an apple tree just full of apples, screaming, Shake me! Shake me! We apples are all ripe! So she went and shook till all the apples were raining down. She then left the apples in an orderly pile at the base of the tree and walked farther along. Eventually, she came to a small house. There was an old lady with large teeth looking out from the cabin. The looks of the old woman scared the girl, but before she could run away, the old woman called out to her, Don't be afraid, dear child. Stay with me, and if you do my housework well, it will go well with you. Just pay special attention to making my bed and shake it till feathers come out. Then it will snow in the world. I am Frau Holle. Because the old woman spoke so kindly, the girl took heart and smiled and agreed to be of service. The girl took care of everything and Frau Hola approved of her work. The girl shook the bed each day until feathers fell. It was a good life. There were no harsh words and the girl ate meat every day. Now, after she had been with Frau Hola for some time, the girl began to notice that she was unhappy. It took her a while to pinpoint why but at last she had it. She was homesick, even for her horrible stepmother and stepsister. I know you have treated me very well, but I am very homesick and must go home to my family, said the girl. Frau Hollis smiled and said, I'm glad you wish to go home, and because you have served me so well, I will take you home myself. And with that, Frau Hola took her hand and led her to a gate. The gate was opened, and while the girl was standing in it, a great rain of gold fell, and the gold stuck to her so that she was covered in it. This is yours, because you have been so industrious, said Frau Hola, and she gave the girl back the reel that she had lost. At that, the gate closed, and the girl found herself back on earth near her mother's house, and as she entered the yard, the rooster cried from the wall, Cock-a-doodle-doo, our golden girl is here anew. She went inside to her mother, and because she was covered in gold, both her mother and sister welcomed her. The girl told the whole story, and the mother wanted her other daughter to be as rich. So she made her lazy daughter go and sit and spin by the well. To make it go faster, the lazy girl pricked her fingers and stuck her hand in a thorn bush to get the reel dirty. Then she threw the reel in and dived in herself. Like her sister, she also woke up in the meadow, and in walking saw the oven with bread that cried, Take me out! Take me out! If you don't, I'll burn because I've been in here a long time. The lazy girl answered, as if I'd want to get all dirty, and walked on. 
Soon she came to the apple tree, full to bursting. Shake me, oh shake me, we apples are all ripe. Yes, but one could fall on my head if I did that. She answered and walked on. She soon came to the small house and was not scared of Frau Holle. She immediately began working for her. On the first day, she did well. She was industrious and obeyed all Frau Holle said because she was thinking of the gold. But on the second day, she began to be lazy. And on the third day, more so. Then she didn't even want to get up in the morning. She did not make the bed for Frau Holle. She did not shake it till the feathers rained down. And soon Frau Holle became sick of it and dismissed the girl. This is just what the lazy girl wanted, since this meant that now she would get the gold. Frau Holle led her, too, to the gate. The lazy girl stood beneath it, but instead of gold, a kettle of pitch rained down on her and stuck to her. That is the reward for your services, said Frau Holle, and closed the gate. The lazy girl walked home covered in pitch, and when she walked into the yard, the rooster cried, Cock-a-doodle-doo, our dirty girl is here anew, and the pitch stuck to her for the rest of her life. Wow, I have to tell you, I know that I showed this to you, but you couldn't understand it because in German. Yeah. When I was a little kid, there was this very large rectangular book, larger than most books, very thin, Mm-hmm. And it came with a record inside. It had this beautiful art drawing of everything that you just read. It was done in German. My mother being German, and that was something she gave to me. I don't know where that came from, but she gave it to me. There were two that I had. One's the ugly duckling and then this one of Frau Holle, which wasn't a very common story back in the day. Mm-hmm. I remember I loved this story and I would listen to it and I actually still have it. Yeah, she showed it to me. Yeah. Uh, Now it's making me, after you read this, because I hadn't read it, I've just looked at, I mean, I haven't read it in a long time, or listened to the record in a long time, but I recently got a record player, so I can actually do that. And this story just reminds me so much of those pictures that I want to go back and listen to it again. Thank you so much for doing that research. Yeah. All right, let's move on to an activity. Woohoo. Today's activity is a spell for energy. What you'll need is a piece of yellow or orange yarn or embroidery floss cut into three equally sized pieces, at least about nine inches long, can be longer if you'd like. Prepare your cord by cleansing it carefully through the smoke of sage. On the night of the new moon, tie your first knot. Bring all three strands into one knot and say, by magic knot, my energy regained. On the waxing crescent moon, tie the second knot, all three strands of the same cord, and say, by nothing will it be restrained. On the waxing gibbous moon, tie all three strands again and say, by goddess might, make it so tonight. The spacing of the knots is entirely up to you, whatever feels right. On the full moon, say all three in order, by magic not my energy regained, by nothing will it be restrained, by goddess might, make it so tonight. Then tie the two ends of the cord together and add, thrice round is this intent now bound, so mote it be. Now take your knot magic and place it on a branch of a tree so it can get ever closer to the moon's energy, preferably a tree near you if at all possible. 
Using the number three represents body, mind, and spirit in this case. The yarn color represents the energy that you are invoking. Very cool and very simple. I like it. Yeah, I like that it was so simple too. You know, one ingredient. How, mm-hmm. how nice is that? I'm sorry, we probably can't use hair. I know that not magic can use hair sometimes. I'm doubting that hair is going to be possible. So mm, I didn't absolutely. include that as an ingredient. <laughs> <laughs> so tarot for today and the ending of our podcast i pulled the ace of swords the beginning divine knowledge being handed down to us this is when dreams come to us inspire us and then start the analytical process of a project let it flow through to you and then let it percolate a bit in terms of today's podcast it suggests taking a minute to become one with the concept of your new venture The light is slowly returning and so are new hopes and dreams. Your insights on the new project at hand are precisely what is needed. Now is a point of mental clarity and the expression of creative ideas will come easily. This is a time for setting new foundations and earth magic is a great place to start. Use poppet magic to represent yourself in any magic you are going to work with at this time. Use knot magic to set the foundation and add protection to your work. You could combine them and use the cord to wrap around the waist of the poppet as spoken about before in the not magic section. The magic you create should be inspired by your dreams. Please rate us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever else you found us. As always, we have the references in our episode notes. Well, I guess I'm Tatiana saying goodbye for now. And I'm Sylvia saying so long. And thank you for writing with us. This has been... Powered Powered by by magic. magic. Thanks, guys. Thank you.